Pretty Mental is about accepting our full selves and inspiring others to do the same by being daringly unfiltered. This means completely normalizing all things mental health and the wild journey that has brought us here. We are challenging the stigmatization of normal human suffering, and we are done pretending and subscribing to the notion that it is taboo to have challenging mental health experiences. Welcome to the Pretty Mental Health Club, and enjoy the show. Pretty Mental Familia. Hello. Welcome back. We missed you. We missed you guys so much. Today we get to dive into Valentina's jungle adventures. Her, it literally says jungle girl in parentheses next to her name in this interview right now. (laughs) We get to dive into her jungle Costa Rican adventures in this podcast And it is such a beautiful journey and conversation that Valentina takes us through. To me, it's kind of exposure therapy in real time, the jungle version of it, which is really cool because something that all of our comforts here in civilization, in Western civilization or whatever civilization you're in are a lot of the comforts that we have access to keep us from getting to the other side of that thing that we're avoiding that is actually keeping us stuck in our neuroses. So this is a really cool conversation, real time, real life, lessons happening in the jungle. Let's do this. And with that pretty mental family, take in a deep breath with us. And tune in. Before we jump into the episode, we want to highlight our sponsor, Conscious Conversion, recently known as Resonate with Sarah. Conscious Conversion is a holistic multimedia marketing agency for thought leaders of the new paradigm. We love them because their main mode of operating, which also filters out the clients they bring on, is making sure that the message is in alignment with your mission in the world and that your mission in this world is in alignment with where the plan is heading right now, that your mission is here to help awaken the planet and move evolution forward. Whatever your offering is, they use Google, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram ads to cut through the clutter of the internet and amplify your message on a massive scale. They also offer organic social media, copywriting, and so much more. We'll link their website in the show notes if you guys are interested in more information. We highly suggest you check them out if your ears perk up when you hear this. We also want to highlight our second sponsor, Awaken Village Press, an indie publishing house who is here to awaken the planet one book at a time. Whether you are a current author or an author-to-be, Awakened Village Press is here to guide you every single step of the way from the idea stage to the publishing stage. We all have a message to share and Awakened Village Press is here to help you birth yours and bring it out into the universe. When we liberate our messages, we first liberate ourselves and then we liberate everyone else who comes in contact 
with our words. We are going to put all of their information in the links below in the show notes. So make sure to check them out. And now back to our episode. Calling in our higher selves, calling all of the beautiful energies that walk with us in this lifetime. Our spirit guides, our ancestors, the universe, the spirit of the jungle. Calling in the spirit of love, the spirit of expansion. Calling in all of the energies that walk with our community in this lifetime. We open ourselves up for whatever wants to come through, for the highest learnings, the highest teachings, the highest insights, the highest healing for ourselves, for our community, and everyone they come in contact with. We open ourselves up fully. We ground, we connect. We are here. The portal is now open. Young, bada bing, ya, bada boom, jimaba. You're so crazy. Remember when I made you sing the. Do you remember when we did the little Lion King? We were hanging out in Atlanta one night. Oh, yeah. And I think we were like singing what the did Lion I, King together. How did it go? I don't know. I think you wanted me to say it at a certain beat and then yeah. you would come in. And so we were finding. Do you remember it? We should no. do it. Damn it. A wimbo yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, we both started at the same time. So good. Wait, do it. Do it. We did know. A wimbo it. A wimbo it. A wimbo it. A wimbo it. A wimbo In the jungle, the mighty jungle, the lion sleeps tonight. I don't know the lyrics. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't even know if that's the right rhythm. It sounded like it. I have it and... somewhere in my archives, Instagram stories. I have no idea where it would be, what date it was, but it was good. That's so funny. <sighs> yeah. So you've been in Costa Rica for what, a week? Yeah. <laughs> How does it feel? <laughs> Man, oh my god. The jungle is something else. I'm I'm like really in the jungle. Like I'm not in like a little, you know, beachside Airbnb. <laughs> I am fully off-grid with Wi-Fi, but fully off-grid like up a mountain and what, what does that mean off grid if you still have Wi-Fi? Is it like so like solar panels and oh. rainwater and I live in a community. Well, Sarah, who I'm with, lives in a community and we'll have to have her on the podcast soon and she can talk about all this. But essentially it is a lot of people who want to kind of just get out of the like quote unquote matrix and want to become really self-sustainable and live off the land and off the elements and not have to basically tend to like governmental systems come here. They, the, the goal of it, which is what Sarah is working on now, you know, she has a solar panel, she has a rainwater for our showers and toilet water and all of that. And then she is soon going to start a garden or like or hire someone to create a garden and start creating food so you just completely live off the land and your well-being fully depends on you and how much you tend to the land and the connection you have with your community because you help each other out 
you help each other live. It's a little tribe. Wow. And I mean, it's so funny because I always used to say, I want to live in the jungle. Like that is a phrase since, or the island, not the jungle. I want to live on an island, like on a, in an inside outside house, like just totally secluded. And, and then you get here and you're like, oh, f- wow. Like I romanticize the fuck out of what that really is. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And there's a whole nother side to it, you know, especially living in a community. You can't really be like you can't. So like my life in L.A., like I I go through my days. It's a very, you know, I do what I want, according to me and my mood and my work and my routine. And where I'm at here, it's like you fully they call it like jungle logistics, too. Right. Like you have to literally work with the land. Your Wi-Fi can go out at any given moment if it starts to downpour. You um, work with your community fully. Like you have to make sure everyone in the community is living in harmony. You, um, you know, at a certain point of the night, we do have to turn off all electronics and Wi-Fi because every we only have enough charge for a certain amount of time, um, or else everything will turn off. Like there was one point where we didn't have any electricity, any anything. It was only a few hours, so we got it back. You know, when I'm meditating, there's always things crawling on me. I'm always sweaty. I now I there's like ants and all my food in my water and I just drink them up and eat them up. Like you just literally learn to like. You just have to give up a lot of your comfort. It's different. It's not like, you know, this is how I saw when I first got here. I was like, oh, my God, like this is beautiful, but I miss my my like Trader Joe's, my farmer's markets, my Air One, my Whole Foods, my, you know, air conditioning. My And it was funny for me to say that stuff out loud because I always felt like I was this like raw. I could live in like all the, you know, messiness of nature. And and then you get here and you're like, holy shit, like this is actually like way more, at least for me, maybe I'm a romantic, you know, but like I don't know what other people are thinking. I, I romanticize the fuck out of it. And the first week that I was here, I decided to do a PIPA fast, which is a coconut water fast, because that's a thing that they do here. You know, oh, I, I told you this in our text, but that was crazy. Literally, the night before, I had a dream about fasting and cleansing. Yeah. And then the very next day, you and Nicole started a fast. You know what's crazy, dude? Me and Nicole, first of all, I'm not surprised because your dreams are prophetic. And me and Nicole, for some reason, keep having the most aligned moments. I don't know. I think we've told you as they've been happening, right? Like we randomly bumped into each other in a random restaurant in LA. She doesn't even live there. It wasn't even LA. It was another part of it. Was, it wasn't even LA. It was Santa you, Barbara. Neither of even, you live there. Neither of us live there. And then after that, she like, she's taking this course with a, a coach. And then all of a sudden she's like looking through, I don't know if I told you this, she's looking through a video that her coach put up and I'm in the video. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? It was only a two-day event that I decided to go to like three years ago in LA. Back when I lived in Atlanta, I just traveled here. Like, just the weird, she's like, Valentina, is this you? I'm like, yes, that is me. What the fuck? And then the fast thing. And then just like, I have no idea. And I told her once in a DM, I was like, I'd love to see like, what, what, what are, what are our guides cooking up? Because we keep just coming back to each other. It's very interesting. It's re- Yeah, you guys started and stopped your fast on the same days. So interesting. Pretty Mine sure. was. I know you started on the same day. Pretty sure you ended on the same day too. So mine was a a three day coconut water fast, 
and I've been wanting to do a water fast for a while or just like any kind of fast, but was super intimidated by it. And they and Sarah was like, let's do this PIPA fast. You love coconuts like this will be so easy for you. And she was going to do it with me. And then day one, I'm like, okay, let's go ahead and do it. And she's like, oh, I already had oat milk and coffee. I can't. And I'm like, what the fuck, Sarah? <laughs> but I was already in the mind. So like, I needed at least that, like the illusion that she was going to do it with me in order to like get me in it. Because once I was yeah. in, I was like, I have to do this. I said I would. I have to like go through with my own word for myself, you know. And so I started doing it. And day one, let's see, I kind of, I wrote some some notes oh yeah day one hungry low energy kind of sad I wanted to be held it's funny how that never goes away wanting to be held by my parents when I feel low physically and emotionally in my strength and now I kind of want a partner to hold me too oh my mom is gonna be all over that (laughs) what you just said you wanted us to hold you baby It's so funny. Like I was laying in bed and I felt like so weak and immediately I always go back to this one memory. It's like such a warm memory for me of I was having a really hard time in my life of like full time job, very demanding job. While I was a full time student. And by now, if you listen to our podcast, you know, I just don't really work well in school. Like I was so depressed. Those systems depress the fuck out of me. Like school was not for me whatever I went anyway. And (laughs) I just was so miserable. I remember at the time I was drinking like so much coffee a day. I was taking Adderall. I'm not even prescribed Adderall. Like I was just, I needed anything to give me, to give me energy, nothing. Like I was so depleted and just so unhappy. Yeah. It's wild. You start like falling asleep as you, while you're walking, like it's on another level. I get sleepy. I get sleepy when um when I'm like not aligned to things. That's why I'm like, listen, I can't like school doesn't work for me, not even because I'm just like don't want to do it. Like my body will not allow me to if I do not feel aligned to things and it's not giving me life force energy. It's not even a choice anymore. I literally start getting sleepy. Like I start shutting down. I start at that time I remember I was taking like a way more Adderall than someone who wasn't even prescribed should have been taking. And I was drinking coffee all throughout the day and I was falling asleep everywhere I went, you know, whereas like when I'm aligned now, I need nothing. I could just drink water. I have like endless amounts of energy. So anyway, at that time, I remember so I was just like trying to keep up rent, keep up like paying for school, keep that job, whatever. And I just felt like I can't do this anymore. Um, like I'm, I'm like on the verge of a, of a fucking breakdown. My, I, the exhaust pipe is running and I asked my dad, I was like, met him at a Starbucks. I'm like, can I come, can I move home? <laughs> like I need, I need a break. I'm really tired. And I just started crying and he almost started crying and it was like, he was like, Oh my God, of course. And, and then I remember my, so my, our mom works as an interpreter. So she, she talks all day on the phone And I just laid next to her as she talked all day. And just the sound of her voice was the first time that I was able, like I went into a hibernation mode for, I don't know how long, many days at a time. I just slept, 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 not from like unhappiness, but like I could finally rest. And it was her voice, just hearing her, just her voice was like, it was a womb for me. And it was such a moment of recharge. 
And it was just like all I ever needed to know that everything. And I felt like a kid, like a baby. Like I just needed to know that everything was going to be okay. I needed to know that I was held. I needed to know that like I felt like my world was completely crumbling, but I was still being held. And that was my mom's voice for me. So during this fast, I just go back to like, I miss my mom. Like I felt weak emotionally and physically. Because when you feel physically weak, it starts, it turns emotional. And was thinking about that. And then I was like, God, I just want, maybe if it's not even with mom, a partner, I just want to be held. And then day two, I wrote, just feel slightly empty, a little less sleepy, not much life force. And then, so by day two, what was happening was, I'm actually like not the biggest crier unless it's like very, very big moments. But I have a lot of friends who they'll just be talking about emotional things or like beautiful things. And I typically see this more in women than men. I see it in men too, but mainly women. And they just start like choking up and tearing up. And I've always admired that, but that's just not been me. Um, And also like a past of mine is when I get overly charged up, my coping mechanism was freezing and dissociating. So like numbing out. Mm-hmm. And leaving my body. And it was interesting. I had during this fast how I had no food inside my system. So it was like I couldn't like the emo- every I felt an emotion and it wasn't even like like I the, the option of freezing wasn't even a thing because I there was nothing for the emotion to work through. There was not anything inside my body. It just like poof, shot out of me. And d- that day two, I happened to face two huge triggers, two of my biggest triggers, um, which I can go to and a little deeper. It deals with other people, so I don't want to like yet bring it in, but we'll unravel it, I guess, soon or later. Yeah, yes, please. On yeah, the edge of our seats. I'm like, what was it? I know, I know. Well, it dealt with like, okay, so just like the overarching one of them was a financial trigger, and then the uh, the other one was I like when emotions get really, really heated in other people, like when they let out a lot of. They're like when they have a cathartic experience of anxiety or anger or stress, historically, it would like shut me down and I could not handle it. Like I couldn't handle other people's really strong emotions. Right. Because my own thing, like when I felt them, I dissociated. So when other people around me had them, I was like my life was crumbling down. And I had both of those things happen on day two, on my weakest day. And I'm like, of course, of course, this is like this is how it works. You know, this is life is like, okay. Uh, what are you, well, okay. Let me just side note this really quick on my first day that I got here, I meditated. And then my prayer to the universe in that meditation, which was my intention for the trip. I like to have intentions every time I go into new experiences to like uncover something new. And this time it was show me a part of my spirit that I haven't yet seen. And so, yeah. So then go back to this day too. And it starts showing like both of these triggers pop off. I'm hungry. I'm weak. There's like nothing in my system for like the emotions to get buried into. I can't turn to food. I can't turn to anything. I'm I'm in the jungle. I'm not even in my own home. And I just start choking up. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm feeling (laughs) like I'm feeling quicker than I usually do. It was pretty cool for me to see. And it started showing me how I, I could handle it. You know, like I, especially with all the tools that I've accumulated at this point, like I, I could handle it. Like this really strong emotion started coming through me and it did, at first it started overtaking me and I was like, maybe I should like go back to the States. Maybe like I need to be home for this. I need to really ground myself. Um, A lot is happening right now. And again, like you're in the jungle. Like I can only, I don't know if people, you've been in the jungle, but like the energy is so thick here. It is in your face and you'll hear a lot of people around here i've heard they're like the jungle it's alive 
it, it's so alive like it'll yeah. chew you up and spit you out like a lot of people come here and they zoom and back out yeah <laughs> like, never mind it looks better on tv i'm telling you and that's what everyone t- <laughs> has told me and i'm like oh i get it you can't even explain it unless you're here and you you it's i do remember this- when i was the jungle i went to was um monteverde in costa rica it's in the mountains um and i was wet for three days <laughs> i was like i'm so tired of being wet like, yeah like i'm just so tired like i would just like to be dry <laughs> i would like some air conditioning and yeah yeah no seriously in the beginning it's those like i would just like this can can i just have a moment of ac someone find me because we don't have ac i'm like can someone just i'm like i've been sweaty this this whatever and then finally yeah you you either get chewed up and spit out and you go home or you're, you know, I'm me, what I decided to do in the middle of the jungle and this fast and my triggers and everything. I remembered my intention and I was like, I want, if I went, I could go home and I could go home and root myself and re- resource myself again. But I do believe I have it in me to work through this. And I would like to prove to myself that I can be safe no matter what, you know, unless it was like literally like, a very obvious like you're gonna die situation a lot <laughs> of us like to right there I right, like, no matter what yeah oh my god that's another side story that I'll say in a minute but but a lot of us you know it's these threats aren't as threatening as we perceive like we perceive them to be way more threatening than they actually are so we don't allow ourselves to experience much discomfort and then we make our tolerance of discomfort so little that just anything can pop us off and I really wanted to prove myself that I, I could resource no matter, no matter what. I wanted to prove to myself that like I could handle this now and then later down the line when anything else came through, whether it was with a partner on, or if I was traveling or in family or whatever. Like I, I had enough tools and resources within my system to like exist here on earth and re-stabilize my nervous system. Like I didn't have to run away. So I did that. Like I sat down on day two and I like took a some deep breaths and the first thing I did is I wrote in my notes app like what my beliefs were and my beliefs are that everything is here to see me rise I trust blindly in the unfolding of the universe my guides are always here for me and in that moment they like it didn't feel so true but if they were true during my good times they had to be true during my bad times and I know they've been true during my good times so I wasn't going to dismiss them So I was like, okay, these are all the things that they're in my belief system. And while they're like not, I'll just, I'll hold on to them blindly, even though I can't really see them right now. But I I know these are true within myself, the cells of my being. And took some more deep breaths and I didn't try to come up with any conclusions. I truly just sat there and felt like everything that was pulsating in my body, like the fear, the discomfort, the, a lot of fear, a lot of fear was coming up, you know, with financial triggers and then certain emotions that were being released around me that I wasn't in control of. Like, I, I felt really scared. I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with the next few months of my life of like all the shit of everything just like drops, you know, you just go to the worst case scenario. So then I also did that. I was like, what's the worst case scenario? And then I go to that and I'm like, what? I'm like a homeless, whatever. I can, I just go to the, like the last possible thing. And I'm like, I can live that too. So just like all these methods and then finally I'm like, okay, you know, I still felt charging. I wasn't trying to get rid of it. I was like, this is just how it's going to be. Then I was like, I'll have a good night's sleep tonight. 
And then I woke up the next day. And then day three, it says, I'm hungry and sleepy. My skin is glowing. (laughs) And it was glowing. And then day three was fine. I was just hungry and sleepy, but I also like had worked through my triggers and I had proven to myself that, um, that I would be fine. And I, and I spoke to Sarah too, who I'm staying with about some of my triggers. And she was like, well, I would really, and this is the beautiful thing about community and, and being around people who've like done the work and really are comfortable with their own like deep emotions as well. Right. Like she could hold that space for me. And she was like, I would really love to be a part of like helping you know that you could go through this and that you can ground yourself and that, you know, that this can all work out. And like that to me was just so beautiful. And we did. And we like breathed and we talked through it. And she was going through some stuff at the same time. And I helped her. And it was just like, God, like it's when you make it to the other side of showing yourself that like the scariest, most fearful things are a lot more physiological, you know, and like perceived threats than they are like actual threats. We free ourselves so much. And I think a lot of it hit me harder because I was on a fast. Like I wonder how it would have been the same if I was eating and was able to resource myself in other ways. And I think it was no, I don't believe in coincidences. It was no coincidence that it happened to me during this fast because I do have a history of like really numbing myself. And like the only option, literally the only option I had was to feel everything. And it was really beautiful. And I'm still sweating and drinking ants. (laughs) And I love it. Like, it's really beautiful. I'm seeing this like really beautiful slash like I don't give a like the jungle doesn't give a fuck. It lives its best life. It does what it needs to do. And I'm just like adapting to it and around it. And I now I'm like kind of loving the discomfort. Like I'm like, oh, my God, I can. You know, I, I, I am, am embracing the discomfort because it's just showing me deeper layers of myself. And by grounding myself and and feeling through this, I am opening up myself for more life. And I, my, I am seeing different parts of my spirit that I haven't seen, which is like it's really beautiful to feel everything, and it's just not gonna break you. It really is not. And it makes me want to travel more and get into more situations and like just like make room for more and more and more life. That's amazing. When you say that the energy of the jungle is like very thick, how does that thickness compare to, for example, the density of cities? Because that's all that can also feel very thick. I'm curious how that compares for you. I would say that the energy of the jungle is almost like an all-encompassing like body, mind, and spirit. When I'm in LA, you're in like the concrete jungle and like traffic and just like the chaos of all of like the city life. For me, I think it can feel really heady and like the, the stresses come more from your mind of like, God, can like, you know, this traffic end can, but you know that there is, you know, you're going to be at your destination in at least an hour. You know that, you know, you can call your landlord to fix whatever in like at least an hour, at least a day. Like you, there's kind of an end to it. And when you're here, there's literally like not an end to it. So you have to fully, fully surrender and learn to coexist with any discomforts in order to live in some sort of harmony. 
So you have to get to the other side of it. You have to get to the other side of it. And you can depend on your community, but a lot of it is all is, is like a, a big inside job. And why I call like the city one heady is because it's like you can almost like hire people to do things and like, you know, order things on Amazon and like there's like fixes that you can get to. And like Amazon doesn't fucking come here where I'm at right now. You know, there's no landlord. I don't have a landlord. We've called the electrician like over a week ago. And this man tells us he's going to come every day. And like, he's just living his best puta vida life. Like he's, <laughs> there. you know, it's not, you really have to just fuck it. Like you've got to surrender and like buckle up to face things head on. So it's not like a surrender of, Oh, I'm just going to chill and like it's going to like life is going to just carry through. You know, there's like systems in place for all this. Well, in this community, there really aren't systems in place. <laughs> you work with your community. You have to be an active participant or else it's not going to get done. You can lay back and let everyone else make the rules and let everyone else handle it. Do you hear the birds in the background? Yeah. Yeah. You can let everyone else handle it, but then you're you have to succumb to what they want. And like, trust me, you're not going to want that. Like you're really dealing with specific personality types. And this is also what I've seen through just like watching Sarah's interactions with other people. It's not even necessarily like because I've only been here for a week. Right. These are like stories as well. Like I've experienced a lot of it and just stories through her. So like here you kind of have to like buckle up and make things happen while also surrendering to the sweat and the animals and the ants and like the lizards and spiders and hummingbirds flying in your house and the dragonflies and butterflies that are getting stuck inside all the time. And like, you know, just like everything like you've you surrender and you buckle up. And then I think like in the city, you like can like just kind of buy your way out of it a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, so like. I don't know if you fully work through the full process of the stress, make it to the other side here. You like you do make it to the other side and then you jump back in and you make it to the other side and you like, yeah, it's just in your face. Yeah. And a sounds, I have, yeah. I have some friends here who live in it. Oh, another thing that I've said, I was like, my dream is to live in an inside outside house. And I have friends that literally they don't have any kind of walls or doors. They only have poles that hold up the brown, the bottom floor and the top floor and then like the roof. No walls, not a single wall. Another, everything is outside. So when it rains, everything, it literally rains kind of in their house. And it's just like, <laughs> it's just wild. Like that. What do they do? do? What do they, so they can't have privacy? No. <laughs> no, you learn really quickly to like walk around naked everywhere and pee in front of people and like and it embraces natural life too you really really learn to coexist with people or like you know before you know maybe you like cover yourself up a little bit and you can still do that but like here you're just like fuck it you're I'm, we're living together you're eventually gonna see me pee you're eventually gonna like you just go you just dive in you go all the way in yeah sounds like exposure therapy but the real legit thorough version of it yeah, because to do exposure therapy here in the states or just in cities and civilized and more civilized places, uh, it's a choice. Mm -hmm. So at any point you say no, like it's too much, mm -hmm. or we always have the option of self medicating, and you know in our world, alcohol, wine, when we have a glass of wine with dinner, there's always a way to take the edge off. So I guess we're not really getting to the other side of it fully, fully, fully. No, here you 
you're just in it. You are in it. There's there's always something like a, an, or an animal or something around the corner to like keep you just awake and in the process and in like the tornado of it. Could you see yourself living there? I don't know. I kind of, a part of me is like loving the rough and toughness of it. And also a part of me is like, I am excited to, I'm excited to be here. I'm by no means trying to leave. And I'm still excited about my life in LA. You know, I think for a while, like I like the comfort. I like the AC. I like the, you know, other people fixing things for me. And then, but what I love about here is like, there's so much nature. Like you, I'm like, with how many trees there are, I know my body is getting so oxygenated and that just rests really well with me. It's a lot of mental simulation too. Like yeah. You can't, but it, you can't really get bored, right? When you're out in nature like that. No, you can't. You really can't. And I actually sleep really well here. Oh yeah? Yeah. Have you been back to sleeping good again? Yeah. Cause by the end of the night too, you're just ready. <laughs> you're like, get me to sleep. I'm really? sleepy. Yeah. It's beautiful because you see both extremes of so much just life. Like you are thrust into life. And when you're fully in life, it's both sides, the dark, the light, all of it. It's such an experience that I'm so thankful for. I'm so thankful to be experiencing this side of myself in relation to the jungle. I'm thankful for all the lessons that the jungle is giving me, the community that exists here, everything I'm witnessing. You know, also, aside from that, I the way that Sarah raises her Indy, her baby boy is like one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Really? Yeah. And one of my intentions in life too, was to find situations that would make me more like open to being a mom because I I do, I'm like, I stand both ways of like, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, whatever. But I wanted to see situations that made me really excited about it as well. And the way that she raises Indy is like, he is not hidden from anything. He's six and a half and he, she's just open and explains everything, right? So like, even if she's in a bad mood, she'll be like, I'm in a bad mood right now because a lot of things are happening at one time. And sometimes when this happens, it overstimulates my nervous system and I just need to balance out again. So it has nothing to do with you, but just give me five minutes and then I promise like I'll be like she just explains everything like she narrates life around him so there's never any confusion or internalization or shame that could happen and we'll talk about plant medicines around him and then he'll ask like what is this and then she explains it and she's like well people do this to you know because some people believe that it brings them closer to God and he'll be like what is God and like it just there's an open communication about everything And I'm obsessed with this kid. Like he makes me want to be a mom because he's the most just gentle, understanding kid ever. Like he coexists with you so well. He doesn't blurt out in tantrums because he feels so hurt all the time. You know, if there's, if he's feeling anything, he'll just say it. And then we have a a literal, just regular conversation. And if also, you know, it's not like she there's things that are just beyond his level of understanding for his age. She'll be like, I'm going to give you enough for you to be able to understand at this age. And then maybe when you turn seven, we'll go a little further and you'll be able to understand a little more. And then he'll be like, and then when I turn eight, I'll know a little more. Right. Like he's fully in it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 
and she's explained sexual fluidity to him and he fully is just like so open to the fact that like not all women have to be with men and men with women and like he just it's like the most beautiful thing I've seen I'm obsessed with him I love him and I'm obsessed with how she raises him well when she comes on this will be something that we'll have her just talk about because I think it is the most beautiful thing ever conscious parenting so conscious Mm, yeah humanity is in an interesting intersection because we've worked so hard to get to this point of comfort zones and putting a bunch of systems in place to supposedly make things run orderly and yet there is a big part of us that recognizes that that's not natural so it's interesting something that's coming up for a lot of people is like if i move will i feel better I, I feel like that's a tricky thing to answer because there is a different consciousness in different places. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember too, my mom would always say whenever she's like, whenever we would take you back from like a new trip or a new adventure when you were little, you would anything that you would learn when you came back home, you would learn it really quickly. So new experiences stimulate your brain and open new pathways. And I do believe that. I do believe that traveling is just actually something really essential at least for me, what I've seen, because especially if you go into it intentionally, I came here and I asked, show me, show me sides of my spirit that I've yet to uncover. And I'm learning. I just like so much is coming at me and I'm, and I'm open and I'm learning to it. And it's giving me more space for life and more space for higher levels of emotional and mental health. So I do believe that having new experiences and, and going into discomfort. Or just going into new experiences and learning how to deal with what comes up teaches you more, expands you more. And I do believe that if I was, for me, for if I lived in Atlanta, I I felt like I, my my wings were too big, you know, like I feel like I would be shrinking down, not to say Atlanta is a small place, but for me, like I had done what I needed to do there. I wasn't really stimulated anymore. I wasn't learning anymore. I wasn't, you know, there were different groups of people that I wanted to be immersed in. There were different adventures that I wanted to be immersed in. And I did that. And with every new travel, I started to feel a little bit more at home within myself too, you know, because there is that aspect of like, a lot of people feel slightly outcasted where they live and the environments that they're in. And I knew that, I know that the more I've adventured, I've found more people who have felt like that. Right. And then we connect on certain things and, and uh, it does just, it's brought me more at home within myself. Whereas I think if I was in Atlanta, I would feel kind of stagnated. It's a comfort zone conversation for sure. But that's my story. I don't know. You know, maybe if I had been in Atlanta, just the way that I approach life in general is like when something is really up in my face and causing me discomfort, I don't see it as something that's in my way. I see it as like, okay, hello, welcome. Let's talk about it. <laughs> what are you here for? Clearly, this is coming up because you're trying to show me something. Life is a mirror of what you need to see. Something is is willing is waiting to happen in every single moment. And when we can get out of the way and surrender, open our eyes and be open to what is here, we allow that to bloom. I do believe that if I was in Atlanta and I started feeling that, I probably would be like, okay, what's here for me? Yeah, it's a difference between... A lot of us have mental patterns that learn to focus on the problem rather than focusing on the solution. And anxiety has a tendency and depression. 
both have a tendency to keep us kind of like drowning in a cup of water versus shifting to solution. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Not a complete thought. <laughs> I'm just kind of taking everything you're giving me and not forming complete thoughts in response to it. But it's definitely thought provoking the experience that you're having. Yeah. And something just to add on to, to your thought is that I don't even know if I focus so much on the solution as I focus on opening to what is because I don't know what the solution is and anything could change in a given in a given moment. And I fully believe that. I don't believe that if I had even in the time when I was like, I want to run back home and be safe under my bed and be held and know all my comforts and certainties. I knew I'm like, I, I know that that's not going to be the answer. It would feel really good momentarily. But I know that that's not the answer. And I know that if I went there, like, yeah, I just anything can change. Anything can change at a given moment. So I'm like, okay, I'm here. Let me open to it is because I don't want to I don't want to run away like that to me is like a making of my own hell. And something that I know for sure is that the universe responds to momentum. It will always meet you, but it's got to see you move in some direction. And it doesn't mean, you know, the like white knuckling your way, but it's got to it's got to feel that you're 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 moving energy. It's got to feel that you're showing up and that you're you are on the journey, you know, and it will deliver what it needs to, to deliver in the most beautiful way, in the way that it feels really, really good. If you continue to move, just continue to move the energy. The universe responds to momentum. That is something that is a DNA cellular knowing of mine. Absolutely. And it'll deliver it to you, not even in the way that you think it was going to deliver it to you. As long as you just keep moving, you just allow it to come from the side, the back, the top, the bottom. It'll come one way or another, and you'll know it. what the answer is when it comes. You just got to keep moving. I think that, you know, when you were saying, like, if I had ran away, that wouldn't be the answer. I think that's where a lot of the location that phrase like the location solution question comes up because for a lot of people the struggle is between if I like if I move am I moving because that's the solution or am I moving because I'm running yeah what do you think I don't know yeah <laughs> I think that's different for everybody yeah I don't know I, I I think like you take the leap if it's something that your heart is calling for and if things start sh moving in the direction of like the universe is making it easy for you to move then take the leap. I don't think that would that's running. You know, I think also take a lot of cues from the universe to know whether you're running or whether that's the solution. And whatever you do, go with the intention of opening up to whatever is there for you. Either way, it's going to all end up being the solution for you. It's the intention that you go into it with. I don't yeah. think life is ever here to stop you and block you, you know, for to hurt you. I think that it, it might it might block you and throw some things your way to so you can finally be like, fuck it. I surrender. What? What? Just give it to me, you know? It's here to love you. It wants to love you. It wants to lift you. It's here to see you rise. What's your intention? Are you awake for it? Are you awake to that knowing? I know that living in cities and living in such civilized conditions keep a lot of us circling our neuroses and using a lot of coping mechanisms to keep everything in order, to keep, to keep everything comfortable. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of I don't knows in this podcast from me. I do know that we heal lopsided. That's something I've been realizing and recognizing in myself and in everybody I work with. And just after enough time being at this game, that's that's a thing where it feels like we're moving forward 
in certain in certain ways and not in other ways and then that other part catches up and then another part takes a step forward and you think that you have gotten better and then you get re-triggered but then you have new coping mechanisms to deal with that trigger but the fact that the trigger is still there doesn't mean you're we're not healing we heal lopsided so important to hold ourselves with a lot of grace on this human journey yeah and that's why i go back to the the comment of the universe response to momentum and that that to me you know also means like bringing in compassion throughout that right because there's going to be a lot of times where you're just like stuck in something and you are doing what you can but that heaviness may still exist and you're like okay i've been going through this for a minute and it's like sometimes it just needs to sit there for a minute as we move, as we use the tools and pull from our community and just maybe we have to hold that heaviness with us with some compassion for a minute until it does decide to leave. Sometimes that is just the reality of what it is. And I've been in that, definitely been in that. It does always work itself out. And in the meantime, while it's residing inside of our bodies, I think lots of compassion and, and, and just going back to the basics of what do I know, you know, community, like finding bits of joy where you can and continuing to take one step in front of the other. Yeah. And life will unfold in the way yeah. that it needs to. Well, that's really cool that you're having that experience. Yeah. It's, it's such a gift. You know, this is, it's so different from, you know, because I was like, what's going to happen when I go here? When I went to LA, it was like, miracles and everything was handed to me and it was like all these you know you know gifts with air conditioning in the background so i could enjoy <laughs> the gifts immediately <laughs> and recognize them immediately <laughs> and and i made my intention for la my main one was yes yes to life yes to life yes to it's a yes trip you know and my intention here was yes and then it was also just what I said, you know, show me parts of my spirit that I haven't yet uncovered. And as I said that prayer up, I spoke it up. I was like, oh, <laughs> I felt it. I felt it. I was like, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> like I, I felt it. I don't know if it was because I was staring at an enormous sea of jungle life or what, but I felt that it was like, you know, nothing to be scared of, but it's, it's going to be a little bit of a ride. But I, I just, I want to be as alive as I can in this lifetime, you know? I want to, I spent so much of my life being so scared of life and making myself really small and diluting myself, watering myself down, being afraid, being in survival mode that now I'm just like, I want the opposite of that. Like fucking give it to me. I'll work my way through. Just, you know, I'll just give it to me. I'm here for it. And that requires this just undying, unwavering, absolute truth that the universe is here for me, even in my scariest fucking moments where I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing right now? Am I absolutely nuts, <laughs> you know, doing the, the endeavors that I'm embarking on and being so independent on certain things and like entrepreneurial and, there's, you know, it's not like I'm working for like you know, sometimes when you're in corporate world, it can be a little more safe. And like, I'm not choosing a lot of safety right now. And it can be really scary. And I'm like, fuck it, dude. Like, I want to live. I just want to live. I want to squeeze the juice out of this life. That's the medicine. That's the medicine that a lot of us need in this society. 
And I have these beautiful dreams of us spreading this as far and wide as we possibly can. I want, you know, I've said it before, my intention in this lifetime is to help everyone come back home to themselves. And in at home is when we're the most free and when we realize there's just nothing to fear. Like it's always been okay. And soon we'll have a big retreat where we can make this happen and everyone can get glimpses of that that they can hold on to. I've been getting deeper into parts work. That's an interesting practice because it's kind of like whatever it's kind of what you're experiencing but internally so it's kind of like whatever piece comes up learning to hold space for it and it's interesting because in the indigenous practices and original cultures and ancient practices there is always a belief that the different parts of us were coming up were different spirits and the parallels that are so intriguing for me because you have to kind of make friends with the spirits inside of you or learn to love on them in order for them to kind of be set free. And parts work offers an avenue for that through the Western psychology lens. But it's something that humanity, that ancient cultures were doing for a very long time before we decided that there was only one interpretation of reality that was allowed and that made sense. So it's cool. I mean, traveling too exposes different parts of you and maybe speeds the process along a little bit faster. I would love to hear more about the parts work. We should dive into it deeper, like figure out a way for you to host some kind of workshop. Maybe we can do like a duo breath work, parts work. Workshop, they work well together. Session. Yeah, I think they work well it, together. Actually, that's why like because the breath work is important to create space for the parts to be held. Sometimes the parts or the spirits or the nervous system, whatever you want to call it, is so activated that you can't see beyond it. So practices like breath work or getting out in nature help to create space so that then you can hold it. But definitely being indoors all day and staring at screens all day does not help us. No, it doesn't. Create that space. And I never, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't want to put out there that like, you know, if maybe you're sitting at home and you're thinking, okay, so maybe even though I stare at a computer 15 hours a day, what is this here to teach me? No, like, that's not what I mean by that either. <laughs> you know, there are certain things that actually just as like facts of life, our human organism needs nature. It needs movement. It needs community. It needs some semblance of a healthy diet. It needs hydration. You know, like let's not ignore our, our basic needs and, and like bypass, like spiritually bypass any of that to be like, no, I'm just going to keep putting myself through hell and I'm super unhappy and I don't like my life, but what is this here to teach me? I don't believe that at all. Like start, if that's where you're at, you know, let's get back to the truths and see how you can just change one little thing at a time. If it's your job that's incredibly unhappy, set the intention to find a job that's more aligned to you, you know, that cares about your humanity. If it's your health that just does not feel right, like what's one thing you can do in the morning to make yourself feel better? Can you carve out an hour in the morning to take a walk outside barefoot or meditation or just like breathe the air or anything? I think those, those are things that that we also have to, those are like the basic things that we need to work on before we, you know, can. I love, I love that you said one thing at a time, because another part of being in this very like anxious culture 
in depressive culture. We need to, we'll do a podcast on depression soon, an, an updated podcast on that, because that's important to talk about too. But being in these cultures that are very comfort zone has turned us into perfectionists in many ways. And perfectionism is, an, is just another version of control, of trying to control everything so that we don't feel what you just felt. That's why it's liberating to do cleanses. And side note, when I had that dream and I woke up and I was like, am I supposed to do a cleanse? <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like, Valentina well, and Nicole started cleanses. I'm like, nah, maybe it was just then that are doing cleanses. Dude, you and Sarah, I'm like, I need y'all to hang out because you remind me of each other. I was like, no, Sarah, I have to go through this three-day cleanse. Like, I can't just stop because I, I, like, I, I want to trust myself. You know, I said I would, I want to trust myself. She's like, oh, really? I don't have that problem. I'll just stop. <laughs> She's like, I'll pick it up when I want. That's not my issue. I trust myself. I'm like, that's so funny. She's also like, anytime I'm like, Sarah, do you want some anytime I'm like you want some chocolate some green tea some going to go on a walk this that she's always like yes why not why would I ever say no to any gifts coming my way yes I'm like you're literally <laughs> just like my sister <laughs> right you know? and I sound like cleanse <laughs> and Valentina and Nicole are like we're starting cleanses today and I'm like that was predict the dream was predicting what they were gonna do <laughs> you're like word enjoy <laughs> I'm doing a little, I'm going to do a little bit of intermittent fasting though, starting today, just for a few days. Intermittent mm -hmm. fasting is what I'm willing to work with here. But um, anyways, yeah, the perfectionism thing gets us tied up in so many knots because it's like, okay, I need to do this. But before I do that, this other thing has to happen. But, but then this other thing has to be perfect. And then all of them have to be perfect all at once. So I'm just going to sit here and twiddle my fingers or cry about it or suffocate in my own pretzels, in my own brain pretzels. And that's where exposure therapy comes in, right? Where it's like, okay, no, let's pick one thing. If you're feeling stuck, just pick one thing. You don't have to solve all of them at the same time. No. Even if there's a part of you that's saying, yes, no, but they all have to be solved, or at least a few of them have to be solved. Like at least just start with one thing start moving in one direction. And that's the momentum thing that you're referring to. That leads to another solution. And to, we just have to start with one thing and go from there. Yeah. And everything is connected. Everything is connected. I was just talking about this with Sarah last night. Like when, okay, I'm not in LA and I have all of these amazing comforts around me, uh, but my sleep is not good. Now I'm in the jungle and my sleep is great. And I'm like, you were dealing with so many elements that can be pretty uncomfortable during the day. So it's like, there's not like an answer or a fix to one specific thing. There's not one pill. You know, I think a lot of us too, with just like how every, we believe that there's like one fix, one solution, one thing we have to like, it's really just try your best. Pick, pick one thing and slowly one foot in front of the other and 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 it's all connected it's all going to fall into place it's all going to impact each other it's like a domino effect if we can just slowly go into it slowly pick one thing you know the thing that i'm working here on in on my trip here is beliefs or nervous system regulation or whatever, you know, I'm not trying to perfect or control all these other things around me in order to be super comfortable while also remembering that the universe has my back and this and that just pick one thing and yeah. don't stare at screens all day. 
No, no, don't. Another, my phone gave me this notification yesterday that I was 40 because I don't have uh, the international plan. I'm, I literally can only connect to my phone when I'm on Wi-Fi. And it was like, your screen time went down 40% last week. I was like, fuck yeah, man. I love hearing that. That makes me happy. It makes a difference. Do you want to say hi to Indy? He's so, oh, I love this little man, dude. I'm telling you. I'm like, oh, is he here? I'm like, I want Sarah to raise my child or Indy to raise my child. One of them. Indy, <laughs> come here. I love him. And he speaks Spanish because he goes to a little Spanish school here. Are you practicing your Spanish more there? Yeah, it's for me. It's like the second I speak, start, I'm like immersed in it within in 30 minutes. It all floods back. You know, it like just my my cells remember it. Let me grab him. Hold on. Come here. Say <laughs> hello, pretty mental. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Hold on. This is my sister. Look, that's my sister. Hey, Indy. Hi. <laughs> How are you doing? Good. Did you have a good day? I don't even know you. So. <laughs> <laughs> she said, he said, I don't even know you. So see, he has boundaries. That's right, so that'll... interesting. Yeah. Oh, no, he's cool. amazing. Very oh. cool. That's, yeah. that's the opposite of forcing kids to hug everybody that they don't even know. You know? Yeah. And I was seeing him play with another little kid the other day. And one of them grabbed something from the other. And one of them was like, no, don't do that. And they, they still did it. And then the dad goes, hey, remember that like, no, it's really important. Please respect each other's no's. And they like, they really heard that. And then they kept playing just a lot of conscious parenting going around down here. You know, they're not like, don't do that. Why? Because I said so. No, like here, there's a lot of explaining. There's no rules for rules. The other day, Sarah had these little yoga shorts on and she was like, let me just, before we went into the supermarket, she was like, let me wrap this like sweater or something around me. So it doesn't look like I'm wearing underwear in the supermarket. And she went in and then Indy goes, that didn't really look like underwear to me. And I was like, yeah, me neither. And he goes, and I don't really think people in the supermarket would think that that was underwear. And I was like, yeah, me neither. And he goes, but you know, but who am I to say? They like, who am I to say? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I, yeah, it's, I mean, we all have our own realities. I have my reality. Your mom has her reality. You have your reality. And then where we meet in the middle is where we, we like, um, we share that reality, you know, so we all we all just have to remember that. I don't know. I don't remember exactly what I said, but he like I can have conversations like that with him and he understands. He's like, yeah, kids are capable of a lot more than we give them credit for in these systems. Right. Just making kids sit down all day long and memorize a bunch of facts and then get home from school and study for another hour or two and then just go to sleep and repeat it again. Mm -mm -mm. That's no. really cool you know, to bring in a different version of parenting and raising kids. We'll have to get Sarah on here to talk to about conscious parenting. Yeah. yeah. That's a really yeah. cool conversation for sure. Yeah. And I have another friend who's going to come on the podcast soon that she deals with uh, a few different methods of healing. And one of them, like she, she really depends a lot on your Enneagram number. Heads up, everybody, go take the Enneagram test so you can be prepared for our, one of our upcoming upcoming podcasts because that's really interesting too. Do you know what yours is? No, I've been taking the test for like three days. It's literally not even 30 questions, but I'm, you guys know how I am with these test taking student things. It's so overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> I need like 20 breaks yeah. and so I'm funny. taking a, another breathwork course right now. And we have mentors and she's like, how are you doing with like the homework and, and whatever? And I'm like, Jill, I'm not a good student. 
<laughs> like, I don't want to do the homework. I'm rebelling heavily against this. Like, I'm on top of everything. And just school is such a trigger for me. Like, I don't like being told what to do in deadlines. That doesn't, I don't work well with that. I'm really experiential. I dive into things. I'm, you know. So how do you get yourself to the other side of that? I just do it. I have to do it. <laughs> I have to do it, but I really am just like, I do it in time. I, what I do honestly is I'm like, I'm just sometimes late on the homework. And I say that I'm like, I'm late on the homework. She'll, she'll ask me, she's like, how are you doing with that? I'm like, um, I'm late on it. <laughs> There's literally no other excuse other than, uh, deadlines and school things give me PTSD, but I'm working on it. And she's like, they understand it too, right? Because it's, I mean, it's a breathwork school. So they're like, yeah, I, it's not the most important thing. It's not like when you're in school that. All the busy work. Yeah. Yeah. You're an F student <coughs> because you didn't do this. It's like, okay, it's not that linear and one-sided, but whatever. Well, your jungle adventures sound exciting and intriguing. And it'll be cool to see where you're at by the end of the trip. Yeah. Yeah, I'll keep filling you guys in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, before I came here, I was like, I wonder if I'll do, because there's ayahuasca, there's like a lot of plant medicines out here. And I'm like, who needs plant medicine? You, This jungle is a trip, man. It is psychedelic being here. You're already faced with with things that, that's enough for you to work on. That's so cool. Yeah, I wish I wish I'd been in a different mindset when I went to Costa Rica, because I remember when I got there, my first thought was like, what have I done? <laughs> I think it's kind of similar to you. I was like, what have I done? You know, I was like on my period cramping in the back of this taxi, winding up these mountains. He kept going over bumps. I'm like, I, I would like at this moment to go back to the comfort of my room. Oh, I had those moments for, yeah, the first few days. Yeah, I was like, oh, my God. I, like, looked at my calendar and I was like, when is my flight back home again? <laughs> like, I, I was like, this is a lot. And, yeah, but at the same time, just with where I'm at now, you know, I was like, every time I would have those thoughts, I would deep breathe, breathe deeper. Life is not just happening to us. And I that's, like, so clear for me. Life is never just happening. Like, it's never just like, why? Why me? Is this just like, what? Why? What are the odds? You know, it's kind of just like it's it's a game to me a little bit. It's it's anytime something is here. I'm like, all right, well. This is it. Like, let's step into it. Scary and fun and great. The obstacle is the way. The obstacle is the way. Literally, my therapist said that to me in our session earlier today. So that's interesting because that's kind of like what's coming up for you too. All right, you guys. I think we've covered it all. Thanks for being patient with us on when we don't release episodes during this time because jungle logistics are a real thing. Sarah always used to say, you know, jungle logistics, jungle. And I never understood what that was. And now I'm like, oh, jungle logistics. It's a real thing. You got to work with the elements here. You can't always just predict it all well that's good yeah that's, to me honestly like that's something that I experience as refreshing when I go to other countries that aren't on top of controlling every part of the system as much as we do here in the U.S. Um, because to me that's more reflective of 
authentic life. Like we don't have to have the answers all the time. Everything doesn't have to be working perfectly all the time. There's space for life to just happen and not forcing it for the sake of keeping mm. a schedule. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. We love you with our whole souls. We love you. And just remember that every part of you is welcome here. Los queremos mucho. Pura vida, familia. Peace out. Mwah. Bye.